Injuries have been a significant problem for the Seahawks offensive line all season long. And unfortunately, that continues to be the case heading into week seven against the Cardinals. We're going to be breaking down the latest injury report heading into week seven here on our Blue Friday edition of Locked on Seahawks. You are locked on Seahawks. Your daily Seattle Seahawks podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Greetings, 12. This is Corbin Smith, host of the Locked On Seahawks Podcast, your daily Seahawks podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Glad to be joined here on Blue Friday by my co-host, Nick Lee. And a special thanks to each and every one of the 12s out there, whether you're listening in nearby Wenatchee or in Coral Gables, Florida. We greatly appreciate you making Locked On Seahawks your first listen five days a week. We're drawing closer to the big game on Sunday And unfortunately, the Seahawks are still dealing with some injuries along the offensive line. We'll update that, plus dish out our keys to victory, picks to click, and game predictions in a jam-packed episode brought your way by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNFL and use the code LockedOnNFL, all lowercase, for a first deposit match up to $100. Now for your lead story here on our Blue Friday edition of Locked on Seahawks. Basically, since the start of the season against the Rams, the Seahawks have not been able to throw out their projected starting lineup with all five starters on the offensive line. And that is going to continue into at least week seven. Abraham Lucas not activated to practice this week, so he hasn't even been in consideration to play in this game. And that's not the only injury issue. In fact, you're going to be hard-pressed, Nick, to find an offensive lineman on Seattle's roster that is not on the injury report right now. Evan Brown is out currently with a hip injury. Phil Haynes was downgraded after practicing in limited fashion Wednesday. He was downgraded to out with a lingering calf issue on Thursday. Jake Curhan, Charles Cross, both dealing with ankle issues. Damian Lewis trying to come back from an ankle issue. I feel like Dan Campbell's team, the Lions, must have been secretly at the Seahawks facility with all these ankles getting bit. But anyway, this is an offensive line that continues to struggle to stay healthy in Seattle. There's a very good chance could go into this game with a third or fourth string right tackle playing if Jake Curran is not ready to go. Yeah, I'm waiting for the Jason Peters introduction right off the couch, you know, because <laughs> uh, that might be happening. Well, well even he's got a quad injury. Right. Yeah, he's he's still I – mean, yeah, they just can't catch a break there. And um, so for, for me, Evan Brown and Phil Haynes certainly are the ones there. And just focusing on Evan Brown for a minute, who, who's played pretty well uh, for the Seahawks this year. Olo Oluwatimi, the center from Michigan, the day three pick for the Seahawks last year. Um, or this this spring, I should say, might play. He's played 44 snaps so far this year to decent results. He's actually um, in 20 pass blocking snaps, not a lot of pressure. So if if they have to roll a little with Timmy, um, I kind of like that just because I he, I know he is the future, and so I do like seeing doses of of little Timmy in there to, to to see what he's got. And I think he's a very quality center. So not that you want Evan Brown out. Um, you definitely want you know your depth when you can get it. So depth has not been the name of the game so far for the for the offensive line. Phil Haynes, yeah. So it might be more of the the, the Damian Lewis, um, Anthony Bradford kind of show at guard. Um, Zach Charbonnet, I think that kind of shows that the limited carries he got last week's game and, and you know the depth concerns at running back as well. So really the offense 
you know, besides quarterback and wide receiver, we talked about, you know, injury concerns with the quarterback last week. Now it's offensive line and running back. So it really is just whack-a-mole with, with injuries, especially on the offense. Yeah, that's the perfect analogy for this because it feels like they get one player back and then two go down. That's just the way that this season has been so far on the offensive line and specifically that right tackle position. Now, Jake Curhan was limited on Thursday with an ankle sprain he suffered in last week's game. So that is a positive side in the right direction because he didn't practice on Wednesday that he's at least out there doing something. But Pete Carroll made it sound like they were not going to know till end of the week whether he was going to be ready to go or not. Now, if he can't play, and Charles Cross, from everything I've been told, is going to be good to go, it's just it kind of stinks seeing him on the injury report with a new injury when he was out for three weeks with a sprained big toe, but he's got an ankle issue he's nursing through right now. Stone Forsyth would be the right tackle, I think, most likely. And he did start one game there for Abe Lucas last year when they beat the Jets in Week 17. So it's not like he has never played on the right side, but most of his football career, he has been a left tackle, and that is a difficult transition going to the other side. So if you don't have Peters and Forsyth is your guy at right tackle, behind him you have Raquan O'Neal. You also have McLennan Curtis, who hasn't been active for any game since Seattle got him off of a practice squad. So they've got a couple young tackles now that have been in the building for a month, but still, this is not an ideal situation at all when you already are without Abraham Lucas and you're not going to be able to play Jason Peters maybe. Uh, again, that's kind of up in the air. Pete Carroll made it sound like maybe there's a chance he might be available this week to come off the practice squad, but there's so many moving parts, all these guys being injured. And at least the Seahawks have gotten solid results from their rookies in the interior when Timmy and Bradford have started games. They have played pretty darn well. So Seattle can at least take solace in that. But the tackle position, Jake Curhan really struggled last week. And so maybe it might end up being a positive if another player, maybe Stone Forsyth, who played well at left tackle the last couple of weeks, Maybe that ends up being a good thing. Jason Peters has a good track record, even though he's 41. So there's a lot of moving parts here. And you mentioned the Charbonnet injury. Seattle doesn't have Kenny McIntosh back yet either. So right now you're looking at Ken Walker III, DJ Dallas, and I believe Sir Roderick Thompson Jr. could be making his debut off the practice squad this week. If they aren't going to have a healthy Zach Charbonnet, they have to bring him up as one of their two practice squad elevations you can't go into this game with only two running backs against the Arizona Cardinals particularly because the opponent as we'll talk about later this should be an opponent that you're going to want to run the football against a little bit but you have to make sure you have at least three healthy running backs so I would think if Charbonnet is not able to practice on Friday and his status is in doubt that Sir Roger Thompson Jr. is going to get that chance to finally dress after after being impressive in the preseason. Yeah, if if you had like a, a you know five preseason darlings for the Seahawks this year, I'd I'd definitely put Sir Roger Thompson on there um, as well. So that would be really fun to see him get some action here in in regular season games. But unfortunately, it's the the necessity of it, the the health that continues to be an issue even after a bye week. And now the Seahawks are staring down the barrel of I don't know how many weeks in a row of games where it's it's there's no you know no respite, and it's going to be a battle. It's not like the Seahawks have an easy game. I know Cardinals. We'd like to think this would be an easy stress-free game. But whenever we think about that with the Seahawks, it turns into a 17 to 16, you know, slug fest, you know, sweat fest. And uh, that's just how it usually goes. But um, yeah, so the, the Seahawks can't catch a break there and they really don't have one. They're going to have to get healthy kind of pretty much on the run. Yeah. And I think this is going to be one of those instances where Seattle going into this game, you don't want to overlook opponents and that's not what they would be doing. But 
the Seahawks might be looking at who they're playing this weekend and trying to think big picture. Okay, we're going to hold Evan Brown out this week. We're going to hold Phil Haynes out this week. And we're going to see if we can get by with our rookies in the interior of the offensive line and hopefully have those guys back fully healthy the following week when you play the Cleveland Browns because you better have your offensive line as full strength as possible against that defense. If you saw what they did to the 49ers last week, knocking them from the ranks of the undefeated, you better have your offensive line full strength as much as possible against that team. So that could be something that is on the mind of Pete Carroll and his staff in this game. And again, you're not overlooking the Cardinals, but Cardinals defense is not near as good as the Brown as the Browns defense. So I think sometimes those are decisions that go into these injury reports and what you're going to do with those players. So I do think it's going to be a curious thing to watch the next few days and see what Seattle ultimately decides to do on Sunday against the Cardinals and that offensive line that is just battered and banged up as it has been all season long. Coming up next, we're going to get to our keys to victory for the Seahawks. What do they need to do? to hold on and beat the Cardinals, a team that has consistently played tough at Lumen Field, regardless of who's coaching and who's playing quarterback. What do the Seahawks have to do to get the win? We're going to be breaking it down on offense and defense coming up next year on our Blue Friday edition of Locked On Seahawks. My family and I love to travel, whether visiting Cannon Beach on the Oregon coast or hiking the Rocky Mountains. While these trips are always a blast, there's no such thing as being too prepared, particularly when you are in a remote area with limited or no cell reception. If you get sick or suffer an injury and you aren't close to an urgent care or emergency room, it's a good thing to have peace of mind. And the Jace case from Jace Medical checks that box off to ensure you're fully prepared for whatever is thrown at you on the road. There's a lot of uncertainty in the world today, and it's important to be prepared. That's why Jace Medical's Jace case provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use so that you are not just hoping you have access to medication in an emergency. You can also customize your case and add additional life-saving medication based on your unique, unique needs. Jace is continually working to expand their medication offerings. In those recent efforts, they added ivermectin as an option in the Jace case. Jace Medical makes sure you have the medication in hand. And they handle everything from the online evaluation to licensed pharmacy, medication delivery, and ongoing consultation and care. Don't get caught unprepared. Buy a gift card for your family or loved ones so that they can get a Jace case of their own. And get $20 off these life-saving antibiotics today by visiting Jace Medical's website and using the code LOCKEDON at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. Get ready for week seven in the NFL with incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, such as the Seahawks being seven and a half point favorites at Arizona, player props, including Devin Witherspoon's increasing rookie of the year odds, over-unders, and more. Visit FanDuel.com slash on and kick off the NFL season with an offer you won't want to miss. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. You're listening to the Blue Friday edition of Locked On Seahawks. This is your host, Corbin Smith. Glad to be joined by my co-host, Nick Lee. And a special thanks to each and every one of the 12s out there for making Locked On Seahawks your first listen five days a week. Coming later today on the Locked On Seahawks channel, as well as all of our Locked On channels in the NFL Network, the Locked On NFL Kickoff Live show will go live at 2 p.m. Eastern Hosts Tanitra Batiste, Jarvis Davis, and Kyle Krabs break down every game from the NFL slate to get you ready for your team's matchup, your fantasy lineups, your betting angles, and more. Plus, get the in-depth local analysis from our stable of hosts across the country who know these teams better than anyone else. Find Locked on NFL Live 
every Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern on any Locked On NFL YouTube channel. The Seahawks will be looking to get back in the win column this weekend. And on paper, this should be a game that the Seahawks are heavily favored. Understandably, a seven and a half point favorite going into this game. But history suggests that the Arizona Cardinals could put a water boy out at quarterback and they could hire an ice cream man to be their coach. And they are going to find a way to make things interesting at Lumen Field. The Seahawks have had a lot of trouble putting the Cardinals away. In fact, they've lost a number of games at home to the Cardinals over the last six, seven years. And it hasn't mattered who's been quarterback. I mean, Josh Rosen almost came to town and beat him back in the day. So, Nick, this is a team the Seahawks cannot take lightly, particularly a division rival where they've played tough all year. They haven't been able to turn those into wins, but this has been a team that's been feisty. They have been competitive throughout the season. Looking from an offensive standpoint, what's the first thing that jumps out to you for the Seahawks to ensure that they get the job done and don't let this Cardinals team come to town and upset them? Well, one thing that really can set the tone early, um, you know, put put them in their place, so to speak, is explosive plays and, and getting those explosive plays against a susceptible defense. The Cardinals are 28th in yards per play allowed uh, and 29th in yards or in, sorry, in points per drive allowed. So they, they allow some explosive plays. They allow points. They're pretty generous in that category. And the Seahawks really got to take advantage. And yeah, you mentioned that the history looking back, the Seahawks have actually won three in a row against the Cardinals, but none have been more by, by, by more than 10 points. So it's, it's been close. It's been kind of uh, what I like to say, struggling at, at times. Um, so it's never been easy. And one way to kind of put, let some steam out and put the pressure off yourself and, and really kind of put everyone at ease is getting some explosive plays. You got the playmakers to do it. You know, we haven't seen that a ton this year, despite some, you know, besides some spurts here and there, especially not against the Bengals. You got to have those explosive plays downfield, Metcalf, Lockett. Ken Walker the third getting in there with some explosive plays in the run game. Just get those chunk plays because that is how you demoralize a team that is that is an underdog. That's how you kind of take them out of the game, especially when you're at home, is to get those big plays, get the crowd into it, and really take the Cardinals out. This is one of those games where you should be seeking out those big pass plays downfield because the Cardinals lost so much talent from their secondary, and maybe Buda Baker ends up playing in this game. He's been practicing this week. That would change things some, but – they're likely going to be without Jalen Thompson. They lost Byron Murphy in free agency. Marco Wilson's their number one corner. And then they've got Antonio Hamilton at the other spot, a guy that's been a journeyman. And they've got a lot of other untested players that have been getting some snaps back there. But this is a team that is in the bottom 10 in the NFL. They've given up 16 explosive pass plays this year. They are the fourth worst team in air yards given up. They've given up 800 this year. And this is not the Cincinnati Bengals. You don't have Trey Hendrickson rushing off the edge. You don't have Sam Hubbard. You don't even have the interior guys. This Cardinals team, according to Pro Football Reference, Nick, they're dead last in the NFL in pressure percentage. So you couple the inability to get after the quarterback and the struggles giving up explosive plays together and playing at your home field. I know the offensive line injuries, that's something that puts some clouding on this, but this should be something the Seahawks can absolutely do this week is get those big plays going downfield and, and let Geno Smith, I don't want to say cook because that word in Seattle is not necessarily good with quarterbacks anymore, but but let him you know get rolling a little bit with some of those deep balls. And I also think you can set that up. This is a Cardinals defense that has had a lot of trouble defending the run. Now the Bengals entered last week in similar situations, the Seahawks in the second half particularly could not get that run game going. They've got to find a way to do it against this Cardinals team, though, that's given up four and a half rushing yards per carry. 
They have the fourth worst rushing total against this year in the entire NFL. This is a front seven that's had a lot of turnover with players that have left for retirement or free agency. They've traded players like Isaiah Simmons away. This is a team that is ripe to run the football on. And even without Zach Charbonnet, you're still going to be leaning heavily on Ken Walker. And maybe Charbonnet plays in this game. DJ Dallas has played pretty well in the past against the Arizona Cardinals specifically. And Sir Roger Thompson obviously is a player that they like that could get his first crack to get a few snaps on offense. But you have got to find a way to run the football and open up the play action. That's really where those shot plays are going to come into play. Get those corners sucked in, get the safety sucked in, and then take those shots to your star receivers downfield. So those two things going in tandem as much as ever in this game, it feels like the Cardinals are a defense. You should be able to do both these things, but you've got to be able to execute on the field. Yeah, tails all time. You establish the run and you, you get them thinking about it, you can hit them deep. And Ken Walker the third has – in two games against the Cardinals last year, 206 rushing yards and three touchdowns. So you'd like to think that he can can get it going on the ground. And number three, don't let him stick around. Don't you know? Don't forego points. Don't you know? Win the red zone battle, so to speak. And don't even let him get in the red zone. First of all, um, their last three games, Corbin, have all been losses by more than that, by, by at least two touchdowns. And I was looking at their splits um, by quarter. And when you look at their offensive splits by quarter, it just just tanks in the fourth quarter. You got to take advantage of that. It goes from the average of almost six yards a carry in the first three quarters goes down to four point five in the fourth quarter. And uh, for completion percentage, it, you know it's right around the sixty eight percent percent for first three. Goes down to fifty four point five percent in the fourth quarter. Two interceptions in the fourth quarter. Five sacks allowed this year in the fourth quarter. So really. It's one of those things where it, you want to not let them hang around, but you know also take advantage of how poor they've been in the fourth quarter, and, and that's not leaving points on the field for yourself, and, and don't even give them the chance. And you know if, if you it's we've seen this especially with the Seahawks and Cardinals specifically, you let them hang around, you know three to six point game in the fourth quarter, one mistake swings the game, and all of a sudden you're you're losing to a very poor team, and your your outlook in the division is 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 grim. So. You can't give them that chance. Don't even let them sniff it. Yeah, I think this game is all about fast starts, not just on offense, but on defense too. You want to set the tone and don't let Joshua Dobbs, who a few weeks back, he had a game where he went 17 for 21 passing the football. I mean, he can be methodical. He can carve up defenses. He's a very intelligent quarterback that understands what defenses are doing. There are some limitations. He can make the throws, but he's not the biggest arm quarterback. He's not the most athletic quarterback. And he's playing behind an offensive line where the tackles have been okay. The interior blockers, their guards and centers have been roasted week in, week out. Seattle's got the players to be able to take advantage of that in the interior from a pass rushing standpoint. So I think you got to get off to a really quick start rushing the quarterback early and get Josh Dobbs on his backside as much as possible early and, and blitz him some. I'm not saying blitz 40% of the time, but Joshua Dobbs has been susceptible against the blitz this year. Two touchdowns, two interceptions. He's in the bottom third in completion rate, according to Pro Football Focus, when he's blitzed. So take advantage, particularly in the interior. If you can blitz the A and B gap with linebackers, move Jamal Adams around a little bit and blitz him through there there is an opportunity that you can get early and often pressure on Joshua Dobbs. And I think that's critical because the Cardinals haven't won any games when they've given up three or more sacks. And the Seahawks 
They didn't have as much success last week get after the quarterback, and they still had three sacks in that game against Cincinnati. If you can do that against Arizona, it feels like this can be a game where you can get out to a fairly decent cushion early, in large part because your defense gets off to a fast start. Yeah, and going with that on defense on, on the side of things, you know, turn up the heat like you mentioned on Josh Jobs, get those pressure, and yeah, with with James Conner going down, that is a huge blow to this Cardinals because they they were looking pretty darn feisty earlier in the year, and I think that really is going to take some wind out of the sails. So don't let them get going on the ground, and because they actually have a pretty decent run game uh, overall. I think they're you know in top five in yards per carry on offense. And they're actually 11th in run block win rates on offensive line on the offensive line too. So you know if, if that's another way to to allow a, an inferior team to hang around with you is to let them run the ball. So you know especially without James Conner, you'd like to think the Seahawks can kind of bottle that up with Bobby Wagner and company. We're really showing improvements um, with with uh, in the run game. I still believe that they're number one in yards per carry allowed if, as as far as on defense with the Seahawks. So. You'd like to think, see that continue, especially against an inferior rushing attack without James Conner. So that is another great way to put this team away early is make him one-dimensional with Josh Dobbs and, and just see what, what he can do by himself, which isn't much. I mean, he's not the worst you know, starting quarterback. or back, back He's a backup quarterback, let's be honest. Um, he's made some plays. He, he, can, he can get his. But if, if you put the whole game on his shoulders, it's just not going to get done. So you've got to make him one-dimensional, take that running game out early. Yeah, Arizona has not been the same offense since James Conner went down a couple weeks ago. Middle of that Bengals game. They were beating the Bengals when he got hurt in that game. And they just have not been the same without that punishing running style that he brings. And he was having a fantastic season. And he's now an injured reserve. So he is not going to be back for this game. The Seahawks don't have to deal with him. Arizona's got some other running backs, and they're solid. But this run game just has not been the same. So don't let them get it untracked. And we've talked about this a lot. The Seahawks right now are dead last in the NFL in red zone defense. They have given up touchdowns on 90% of their red zone trips defensively, which is just atrocious. That's as gross as it gets. But instead of me sitting here and saying the cliche like, well, hold serve in the red zone. Don't let them get into the end zone. Just don't let them get in the red zone in this game. I'm talking quick possessions. This is a Cardinals offense. There's some talented players. Hollywood Brown, uh, they've gotten some good production from rookie Michael Wilson. Rondale Moore can be a real thorn in your side with his athleticism, his big playability. But this is not a gladiator. This is or this is not a Goliath. This is not an offense that's going to go out and put up 30-plus on you. They shouldn't. If they do, you've got some issues. Get off the field quickly. Don't let them extend drives. That's one thing this Cardinals offense has been decent at this year. They're 13th in the NFL in third down conversion rate. You need to drop them a few pegs there. Get off the field, have success on third down, force them to punt early, get the ball to your offense. And I think if you can do that, it can snowball in this game. So don't let the Cardinals, this goes back to that hanging around thing, don't even let them get in the red zone. Don't let them have long sustained drives. And as poorly as they've played late in games on both sides of the ball, if you can get a two or three score lead early, I find it very hard to believe that this Cardinals team is going to have the firepower to be able to come back and make the game interesting. So that being said, it's the Cardinals, it's Lumen Field. We see crazy things every time that they seem to show up. So be prepared for anything. But I feel like that is crucial. Get some quick possessions. Don't let the Cardinals rack up a bunch of plays on you as they've done a few of their games earlier this year. And I think that is a big formula 
for success. Coming up next, we're going to dish out our weekly picks to click, and we're going to have our game predictions. Will the Seahawks improve to 4-2, and two, or are the Cardinals feeling frisky and feeling the upset here in this NFC West matchup at Loman Field? Don't go away. You're listening to the Booth Friday edition of Locked On Seahawks. Prize Picks is the largest independently owned daily fantasy sports platform in North America. It's the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. It's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you pick more than or less than on two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. Prize Picks is really simple to play. I can make my picks and submit my entry in less than 60 seconds. This week on Prize Picks, I'm bullish on DK Metcalf with all the controversy out there about the penalties to eclipse 100 receiving yards against the Cardinals on Sunday. Price Picks is an absolute blast each week, and it's an easy way to enjoy daily fantasy without any hassle and land quick winnings. Go to pricepicks.com slash NFL and use the code LOCKEDONNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. That's pricepicks.com slash NFL and use the code LOCKEDONNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Price Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Missing the syrup for your pancakes or just ran out of your favorite coffee creamer with DoorDash Grocery Delivery, you can get what you want right when you need it. You've trusted DoorDash to deliver your restaurant favorites, and now you can get grocery delivery that actually delivers, too. With thousands of grocery stores to choose from, you'll find the best in your neighborhood and boost your local economy with each and every order, and you get exactly what you ordered or they'll make it right. Sit back, enjoy quality groceries just like you picked them yourself. Want even more value? You can save on your grocery and restaurant favorites with a $0 delivery fee on all eligible orders with a Dash Pass membership. With easy substitutions right in the app and best-in-class customer support, DoorDash delivers groceries exactly how you want it. Get 50% off your first DoorDash order up to a $20 value when you use the code LOCKEDONNFL at checkout. Limited time offer and terms do apply, but let's be clear, that's 50% off up to $20 minimum subtotal and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter the code LOCKEDONNFL. Don't forget that's LOCKEDONNFL for 50% off your first order with DoorDash. You're listening to the Blue Friday edition of Locked On Seahawks as your host, Corbin Smith. Glad to be joined as always by my co-host, Nick Lee. And a special thanks to each and every one of the 12s out there. Thanks for making Locked On Seahawks. Your first listen five days a week. Don't forget, coming up on Sunday, I'll be rejoined by Dallas Cooper. The two of us will have our post-game show a few hours after the final whistle at Lumen Field between the Seahawks and the Cardinals. You won't want to miss it. Heading into this game on Sunday, Nick, it's time for our weekly picks to click. And I'll admit, last week was easily the worst one that I've had the entire season. Both of my picks, uh, Reek Woolen gave up two touchdowns in coverage and on the offensive side of the football, Zach Charbonnet had two carries for five yards, and it looks like there may have been an injury involved with that limited amount of action in Cincinnati. So I'm looking for a bounce-back week, and honestly, both of us are probably looking for a bounce-back week, not just the Seahawks and the scoreboard, but we're looking to do a little bit better here in terms of selecting players that are going to have big games for the Seahawks. And you mentioned it in the ad and also just bounce-back theme, DK Metcalf. Is, is who I'm going with today, this week. He's had a less than stellar, uh, you know, post game, you know, some quotes and some some discussion. And I've joined in. I, I was a little critical of him. I, I think that there's he's he's had a, he's acted like a top ten wide receiver without really being one lately. 
um, and think this is another this is a game where I think he could reestablish that and maybe not go crazy with you know 150 yards because I don't think the Seahawks will need that. I think they'll run the ball pretty well, so I'm not going to say he's. I'm not sure he quite gets to the 100 yard mark, but I'm going to go DK Metcalf. You know, doesn't have a penalty. I'm going to do that one. I'll, I'll first call my shot there. DK Metcalf will not have a penalty this week after having five and five weeks. So that'll be my first one. And he's actually never had, uh, I was looking at this, he's never had more than 58 receiving yards and only two touchdowns uh, in, against the Cardinals in his career. Two touchdowns total, never fit more than 58 yards in a game. That changes this week. I'm going to go six catches, 90 yards, and a touchdown. Not super gaudy again, but I think the Seahawks will run the ball enough where they don't, it doesn't necessitate him getting a ton of you know, targets and you know, these gaudy stats. But still a bounce back week, a feel good week for DK Metcalf, who really needs one. Yeah, I think he's going to go over 100 this week, but the reason he's going to go over 100, Geno Smith, he has taken the sword ever since Sunday's game. And I've been adamant this week that after rewatching the All-22, like, yeah, there were some mistakes. The the interception where he tried to force the Jackson Smith to jig in the red zone, that was a terrible decision that never should have been made. But Geno Smith didn't have a fighting chance on a lot of those red zone plays. The pass protection was so bad, less than one and a half seconds, and then somebody's there hitting his arm. I think Geno Smith is going to come out as a man on a mission in this game. And I think he's going to be ready to light up the skies. This is a Cardinals secondary that isn't very good. I'm just going to be brutally honest. They don't have the big names anymore. They've lost a lot of talent. If Buda Baker plays, maybe that changes things. I still would be surprised if he plays in this game. But I think Geno, you mentioned not needing 300 passing yards. I don't think they need it. I just think it's going to happen. I think Geno Smith is going to take advantage of that secondary, the fact that this is not the Bengals' pass rush, not anywhere close. I got Geno going 28 for 35 for 317, three touchdowns and no picks. That's the big key here. I think it's going to be one of his best games, probably the best game he's had this season against an opponent where he should have success throwing the football. Now, on the defensive side of the ball, you and I go in a little bit different direction here this week against a Cardinals offense that has some talent, but they're also missing some key players, including James Conner. Who is your pick to click this week against the Cardinals coming to town? Well, I know the Cardinals are going to try to run the ball, especially early, try to keep the Seahawks out of rhythm out on the sidelines. They're going to really try to establish the run. Seahawks have been pretty good so far against the run on defense. And partially that, or um, partially might not be giving them enough credit. Bobby Wagner. The return of Bobby Wagner cannot be overstated. And I'm going to give him 10 tackles and two tackles for loss here. And he has got a sparkling 93.1 uh, pro football focus run defensive grade, run defense grade. He's on pace for 184 tackles, which would tie a franchise record. And, you know, that's the one thing the Cardinals have been doing well consistently or pretty consistently for, for their standards is running the ball. So Bobby Wagner will see to it that that isn't the case this Sunday. So I'm going to go Bobby Wagner the old captain with a big game. I mentioned it earlier, the struggles that the Cardinals have had with their interior offensive line. Elijah Wilkerson, one of their starting guards, according to Pro Football Focus, 18 pressures, three sacks allowed already. Will Hernandez, their other guard, he is more known as a run blocker than a pass protector, though his numbers are a lot better than Wilkerson's. And they've had issues at center too. This is an interior offensive line that has week in, week out, given up a ton of pressure. Draymond Jones, has brought a lot more juice the last couple of games. He was a player that benefited a ton from the bye because he was a little bit banged up, even though he was playing. He looked really good in Cincinnati. I think he is going to feast on this Cardinals interior offensive line. Four tackles, one and a half sacks, three quarterback hits. 
I think Joshua Dobbs is unfortunately going to get a little bit too much of number 55 in the backfield. So I think Draymond Jones is a big week for the Seahawks. Now let's get to the predictions. Last week, Nick, you get the victory. You picked the Bengals to win that football game. We both thought it was going to be a little more, uh, a little more points than what we got in that game, but the Bengals ended up holding on for that 17-13 victory. I ended up falling behind you in the standings. Not going to be able to catch up this week because I have a feeling that you and I are both thinking uh, on the same peripheral here. Seahawks, Cardinals, what's going to happen this weekend? Yeah, I'm not going to go go try and shock jockey this week with uh, the crazy pick. You know, it's interesting. Three of the last four games versus the Cardinals have been exactly a 10-point margin, and including both wins with the Seahawks last year. So I'm going to stick with that theme. I think the Seahawks have the ability to take control early, especially at home. I think they're a little ticked off after last week, letting that very winnable game slip by. They start fast. I even think they're maybe up, you know, 33 to 16 late in the game, and maybe the Cardinals get a late garbage time touchdown. I think the Seahawks are in control of this game. Win by 10. 33 to 23 to get back in the W call. Yeah, you and I, we did not talk about this before the show. And usually our predictions are kind of close, but not like identical. Mine was near identical to yours. I'm going 34 <laughs> 23, the Seahawks winning by 11. I just think coming off of last week, all those missed opportunities in the red zone against a Bengals defense that hadn't played to their talent in the first five games. And last week, you got to see them dial things up with their front line. The secondary was stingy. The Cardinals just don't have the talent that the Bengals have at all three levels of the defense. They don't. And I think the Seahawks are going to be able to take advantage of not having as much pressure, even with the offensive line injury concerns. I think the Seahawks at home, they are going to be able to pass protect a lot better. I think Geno's going to get his shots and he's going to take advantage of them. You mentioned coming out ticked. That's why I picked him as my pick to click this week. I think Geno is going to come out with resolve hey, I'm going to shut all you people up that are saying we need Drew Locke. I still don't understand that logic, but he's going to go out and have a big game against this defense that just doesn't have the talent of some of the other teams the Seahawks have played to this point. And so I think you're right in the sense the Seahawks could have a bigger lead and then this ends up maybe looking a little closer with a late garbage touchdown. The Cardinals will find a way to score some points. I think Joshua Dobbs is a decent enough QB with some of the weapons around him. They'll have a few drives, but – I think that the Seahawks win this one fairly comfortable by 11. And now that you and I both picked that, I'm expecting this to be that 17-16 game that we've seen so many times when these two teams get together at Lumen Field. We shall see what happens. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at Corbin Smith NFL. You can follow Nick at NickLee51. Subscribe and follow Locked on Seahawks on YouTube or wherever you listen to your podcast to make sure you don't miss a single episode. Coming up on Sunday, a few hours after the final whistle at Lumen Field, Dallas Cooper and I will be dishing out our game balls, playing three up, three down, and looking at key storylines coming out of what's hopefully a Seahawks win in week seven. Make sure to join us. Thanks for listening in and enjoy the rest of your Friday. Go Hawks.